And then everyone said, jabroni. <laughs> Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling podcast bj cruz here with my tag team partner the adam cole to my roddy strong and kyle o'reilly the incomparable jeremy loss jay what is up my dude thank you for putting me over and having me as adam cole rather than roddy and uh kyle o'reilly normally you'd be the one that'd be turning on people Nah, i you know i I, i've I've teased for for a year and a half two years now that it's going to be you it's going to be you who, who turns, uh, and I'm going to keep up that narrative as, as long as I can. First of all, uh, it's good to be back. It's good to be back on the mics. Uh, we took a little little hiatus. Uh, there's some life changes going on uh, within the two jabronis' environment, our lives. I don't know. Universe? Universe? The two jabronis' universe? Yeah. Uh, so we've the TJU, yeah, if you will, yeah. There you go. Uh, we, we've been adjusting to that. So thanks, for, thanks for sticking by. Thanks for asking where we are. Uh, I think that 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 always brightens our spirits when we know people notice that we are missing. But uh, we're we are back, and uh, it's 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 good to be back. It's it's an interesting time to be back, and and a lot has happened. So it is now time to stick to wrestling. And- we should talk about it. I think we should stick to wrestling. And for this week's Stick to Wrestling, Jay, we have a new WWE champion, and his name is Mike Mizanin, The Miz. Uh, you're shaking your head. Obviously, the podcast people can't see that, but I can. I think they can feel it. They can feel, yeah, they can feel my, I don't want to say anger, but this kind of like, ugh, coming through the mic here. Um, I understand why they did this. I mean, they needed to get rid of that money in the bank briefcase, but at the same time, like the Miz just does not do it for me. I know that he's been around for what? 10 plus years. Now he is a grand slam champion. He's done everything that you can do, but going into WrestleMania with him as potentially as your champion, which I don't think they're going to do. It just doesn't, doesn't really work for me. I guess that's just where they're at right now. Like, they don't have many options, like, to be honest with you, because it doesn't seem like Vince believes in anybody on the roster. So he's just going with these commodities that he kind of feels that are well-known and that could potentially sell tickets. So just, like... Yeah, I mean, I I don't mind the move as much because, as you've kind of alluded to there, I feel like he's a transitional champion just to spice things up uh, and just to mix it up and... I mean, the way that he did it is is in, is in classic money in the bank fashion, right? You wait until the champion is at his weakest, at his most tired, and that's when you strike, and that's that's the most effective. Like I don't, I pop every time someone cashes in. It, I don't. It doesn't matter who it is, um, and the way that they kind of fumbled the bag with the briefcase initially, too, with giving it to Otis and then Otis losing it to Miz, uh, and Miz like. Cashing it in, cashing it in, and then, and then getting not, it back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, they that was weird. This is, but this now. has probably been like the worst Money in the Bank briefcase run. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. It, and it's just it started off dope, right? We were all we popped when Otis won. 
we we were kind of excited about because it because it was so, it was surprised like yeah. it, it was something that was really not expected. I think everybody kind of put Otis in the bottom of the totem pole when when that match was made, and for him to come out of it and win it was great. But also, it just it showed that they had absolutely no plan going forward. So I think what kind of separated this cash in from un, any other is like the fact that he kind of he made a deal with with the hurt business to kind of get this done. Yeah. So now and. and so now it seems like, well, it's official. Bobby Lashley is getting a title opportunity on Monday. I really hope that they do something unexpected and they put the belt on Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania. Not bad. Not the greatest, but not bad. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I was hoping for the Mania match to be Keith Lee, Drew, in, in some fashion. But the way they've kind of maneuvered this, I mean, look. The, the match on paper, Lashley and Miz is, for me, doesn't, I don't know. It, it's, it falls a little flat, just kind of looking ahead to it. But I'm with you. I hope that they do throw a swerve and that Lashley does win it. Um, and j- just to mix things up even more. Because, like, I just, mm, I mean, I like Miz fine. Uh, you know, I think he's built out a, a great career for himself in WWE after, you know, you kind of expected him to just be one of these reality stars who just doesn't quite make it. And mm-hmm. to his credit, he became a Grand Slam champion and is is actually really, really good um, overall. Again, he you can't ha- in 2021, he can't be heading into WrestleMania as your WWE champion. Uh, I think Lashley, Especially with the talents you have on the roster, like you have right. just a wealth of talent and if you have Miz as your champion going into WrestleMania, that's just, it. it's promotional malpractice. Like that is just not, you can't do that. <laughs> I don't have, there's no other way to say it. Like he is not, yes, he's been a WWE champion. Yes. He's gone into, into WrestleMania as a WWE champion before, but he's a mid card guy. Let's be honest. Like he is a very, very good workable mid card talent. He is not a main eventer. He's not on the same level as Drew. He's not on the. He's not even on the same level as Keith Lee. Keith Lee is a special talent. Um, I, I think he, well, Keith Lee is injured. It seems like so. Bobby Lashley as an alternative is very interesting because I, I, I think it's time for Bobby Lashley to get his get his flowers. Like he is, yeah. he's done a lot of great work of this past year with her business. Um, I think the best work of his career, to be honest with you, I think having him with MVP has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of having MVP do the buildup through Fastlane. Also, I totally forgot that they're doing two pay-per-views before WrestleMania now instead of one. Like, usually it's it's Rumble, then a, then a normal pay-per-view, and then WrestleMania. We have Elimination Chamber, and then we have Fastlane. Oh, and my then God. We get to so, yeah. like, oh. there's there could be a... I mean, there could be an entirely different storyline that they end up going with because they have so much time in between now and WrestleMania. So, um, personally, I want to see Bobby Lashley get his chance to hold that title, hold it into WrestleMania, which will essentially probably mean, which is essentially mean that we're going to get a re a redo of what happened last year with Drew McIntyre winning the title at WrestleMania. Um, which I'm not mad at either. Crowd. I'm 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 not mad at that either. I mean, Drew's been a great are they, champ. Are they kind of? fumbling the bag with drew i feel like sometimes like they haven't fully been able to i know it's partly because there's no crowd but i feel like they haven't fully been able to like get him over as a champion in a way i mean i feel like it's solely because there's no crowd i think if there is a you know the work that he's been doing with a crowd 
I think he gets rewarded for it. I think he's been actually really, really good as champion. There was a you know a minute there where he got a little stale during the Randy feud, uh, and then they kind of spiced it up with Randy actually winning the title. So, but other than, other than that, I mean, given the kind of white meat babyface that he's been, um, aside from you know a couple of tiffs with with Keith Lee, and then you know Sheamus mixed in there as well. He's uh, again. He's he's been he's been good, uh, and he, he's actually been really good. So um, having him win I again, him, I liked him. I, I mean, this was obviously during the crowd, but I liked him as that. Instead of that white meat baby face, he had a bit of an edge to him when he was chasing down the title before Wrestle, before Royal Rumble. Like he had a bit of an edge to him. He was still kind of playing that Scottish psychopath angle a little bit, and I really liked that like touch to a baby face. So. Maybe they they lean into that a little bit more going into WrestleMania because they would he would have a pretty substantial heel faction to be going against, um, and he'd have somebody to to really kind of grind his gears a little bit with with MVP on the mic. So they have an opportunity to do something a little bit more unique rather than like having the Miz be a chicken shit heel and Drew be the white meat babyface kind of chasing it and trying to work through shenanigans. I think now you have a you could potentially have a heel faction with a fucking Haas as the champ. Yeah. And then you can have him kind of just lean into the fact that he needs to be a, a psychopath to get it. So um, it'd be interesting. And on the other side of things on the, on the blue brand, we have, Ro- it's official now it's Roman versus edge. There we, go. we all knew this was going to happen. Um, I kind of, so the elimination chamber match for SmackDown was pretty solid. I, I like that they had um, Daniel Bryan win it. Wasn't a, I understand why they did the squash match afterward with Roman. I'm not a huge fan of it. I would have loved to see Roman Daniel Bryan go for 20 minutes. Yeah. Like that would have been awesome. But I understand why they did it. And then the reveal of having Edge spear Roman was great. That's something they can only do in the Thunderdome. They wouldn't be able to get away with that, with that kind of a like camera work and that kind of presentation if there was a crowd. So I think sure. they took advantage of the fact that like there's no crowd, nobody's going to see him. And they played it off really well. Um, also, shout out to to Edge rocking the, the Jordan ones, yeah, spearing people in Jordan ones. A lot of, I mean, Roman also his shoe game has been fire since he's been the tribal chief or the head of the table. We're just rocking heat, just and yeah. And I, I think I read an article or someone had a Twitter thread. I can't remember. They, they all Twitter threads and articles kind of blend together for me now. But we're that, all the same. <laughs> that Roman rocking these Jordans um, just kind of like you know being being big time like that it, it was just part of his character as well and it's super interesting um, obviously as a shoe head that that stuff really plays to me uh, yeah. but yeah I mean <laughs> if they somehow brought that into the into the mix into the feud I think I, I would pop hard a little Jordan one off you know maybe there's a, there's some in addition to the title there's some some one of one Jordan ones at sneakers stake? on a wire match where yeah. they have to get up to the wire and yeah. take it off the sneakers. <laughs> Make a gimmick. They get, he's, he's, they get a tie it on. Uh, yeah. yeah so, you know, let's, let's get weird. Let's get weird with them. But no, um, Edge, like you said, picking Roman to uh, to challenge him was to be expected. It makes the most sense. And I think it's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be a fantastic I think fantastic it's going to be good. Match. I, think, um, I think Roman, at, since being the tribal chief, works at a pace that benefits Edge. Like Roman's whole matches since he came back have been kind of methodical. Um, 
because it spends a lot of time like beating down the person and then talking to them. And I think that works in Edge's advantage because I, I don't know at his age and, and the amount of time he spent in the ring. Like obviously he was in the Royal Rumble for an extended period of time, but like, I don't know if you want him going 35, 35 minutes in a, yeah. event at a WrestleMania, you know, like, so I think him being able to work a slower pace match, working in psychology, um, a lot more than say a match with Drew, um, I think will go a long way, making this uh, way better than I think any of us can expect. Um, and I just, I don't think they can take it off of Roman either. Like I think, I think Edge has to to do the job here. Oh, you're, he's taking the L for you. What what Roman is doing is so special, and he's been so red hot that. I think if you take the belt off of him, like you ruin the gimmick. Like he's the tribal chief. He's the head of the table. He has to be, he has to be the champion. That's his gimmick. Yeah. I mean, unless something crazy happens where like Heyman turns or Jay turns or something costs him the title where he can still play as the head of the table, but he has to like deal with. Or Brock comes back. I feel like there's, there's a Brock return potentially in there. I'm, 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 trust me, I'm not hoping it happens. I'm just saying, if there's, I mean, Brock, has, Brock has to return at some point. And since they are doing crowds, I mean, it, it could make sense. But then you have, I would assume you've had, you have Heyman turn on, on, on Roman, and then you instantly make Roman kind of like a babyface there, I guess. Or, I mean, my, another one of my guts about this was Christian helps Edge. Um, I can't just kind of put that over as the you know, if, this good comeback story. What if they turn Christian? I mean, that'd be interesting too, but like we're having an Edge Christian feud in 21. I I mean, I look, I love Edge and Christian. I I love them both. I just I don't know if like I'd I would rather they work with kind of the up and coming stars than each other. You know what I mean? And I think that just puts other people over. Like put Christian in uh, in the mix with Big E for for the Intercontinental title, or or um, or with Riddle <laughs> for the U.S. Don't title. do that with Riddle. Yeah. Like just anything, anything other than working a, a straight up feud with Edge. I think is the just only more reason I think like they may like an Edge Christian feud would be interesting. Well, for one, I think it'd be awesome for this the storytelling between their friendship, but sure. also like. I think because of the injuries that they've sustained and the fact that they are very seasoned workers, that's not saying that like edge and Roman can't protect or not edge, but biggie and Roman can't protect them. I just think from a standpoint of like a, like WWE, like why not have Christian and edge who have been in the ring together for 20 plus years work together, knowing the fact that they had to protect each other and they're probably the best suited to protect each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's a fair, I, I think point. that's part of the reason why they had edge work with Randy at sure, first, because yeah. Randy was going to protect him yeah, as, yeah, much, yeah. as as best as he could, um, and I think Roman, I think they're kind of like pushing it as far as they can with Roman. Like they're like, all right, we'll see what we can do here. Um, but I think both of them are such an in such a precarious position when it comes to their health that like they need to be working with people that they know one hundred and ten percent can protect them. Again, it's not a shot at Big E. I think he can, but I think from like the business perspective, like WWE's perspective, it's like, why even take the chance? Like, let's just have them work together. Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying from a, from a safety perspective. That definitely makes sense. I just, I mean, the way that they've kind of started their returns, right? Like Edge coming back, at, or basically Edge coming back at the Rumble twice, 
Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the Rumble's a chaotic match, you know, and and like you can't in a, in a way, but like, well, it is safer. I, I'll yeah, you're you're I see because you're like going. there's there's point in times where like I think dur- even during this last one, Edge like sat in the corner for like a good five minutes. Yeah, like you can you can easily hide and get away from the heavy action. Sure. Like you can sit in the corner. Like if you're not on camera, you can sit in the corner and literally just like yeah punch each other yeah yeah <laughs> and do nothing. Like the only time that like there's really any risk involved is like when you first come in because like you're automatically shoved into the middle and you're like front and center on the camera or like when there's a near elimination. The rest of the time you can either be in the corner just kind of fucking around or hiding or doing something where like you're not a focal point and you can really kind of rest. So right. I think I honestly think like the returns in, the main, in, in Rumble are probably the best like safety option because there is so many people involved. There is like so many different ways that you can kind of hide from the action yeah you don't have so, to carry it yeah yeah exactly yeah so um we'll see i mean i think this is going to be i would assume that this is the headline of night two and then the headline yeah. one would be the wwe championship match but i don't even know how they're going to build this out yeah i mean it'll, um, it'll be interesting by the way did you see mox uh in an interview with friend of the show gary cassidy mentioned he would love to see christian in aew doing a little uh a little mean, open recruiting I, sh- I mean, tampering at its finest. Right I know. <laughs> Him and LeBron are just going hard. Yeah. Um. Let's let's touch on one more thing when when it comes to elimination chamber, and that's the the women's side of things. There were, there was no SmackDown Women's Championship match. Obviously, Sasha was in the tag match, and there was no Raw Women's Championship match. Um. Those title pictures, SmackDowns is soda. We we're getting Bianca versus Sasha, which is going to be great at WrestleMania. But Raw is a little bit a little bit more murky. Because of the situation of what's going on with that with that women's division, you have it looks like Lacey and Charlotte are head going head on into a match at WrestleMania. Even though Lacey, I think, is pregnant, I don't e- either I in storyline or I think real life. I don't I think know what's going on. I think she's real life pregnant. That's you what think I read. so? Yeah. No, that's what I read. I read oh, okay. she was real life pregnant. So then we, they got to find something else, find something for Charlotte to do. And then you have the introduction of Rhea Ripley. Um, Rhea is going to be on Raw. It's a year too late. Um, way too late but I, I like the introduction and I would love to see her go against Asuka I think that would be an awesome way to bring in some fresh blood into the Raw Women's division which desperately desperately needs it so why not shove her right into the title picture and give Asuka a new fresh face to challenge at WrestleMania Asuka needs to do something like she has to have a title match well I think the direction that they're heading in is probably so if with Lacey being pregnant, I think she's out of Mania or like probably pretty soon she's going to be out of action, which, which is going to leave Charlotte matchless. So I think they are kind of teasing a little bit of friction between Asuka and Charlotte. So I think Charlotte's going to be in the title picture. And I'm with you on putting Rhea in there. I feel like it's, it's got to be like a triple threat situation uh, because if, if, what Rhea, if, they- if Rhea's not, going for the title like I don't, I don't know what her spot is at wrestlemania and i'm with you she should be there and the raw women's title needs it again that evidenced by the fact that it wasn't even on the show at elimination chamber which is wild like oscar hasn't defended it very much at all she's barely been on tv like yeah it, it, it's so bizarre the way that they've used her as champion and she's so good she's so freaking good at what she does and it, it, it's it's just a bummer to, to watch the way that they've used her so yeah i mean I'm advocating for an Asuka, Charlotte, Rhea triple threat match. I know I know triple threat matches aren't exactly Vince's favorite match type and match gimmick, 
But I think putting those three women in there who are very, very talented and very, very good at what they do would create a banger of a match. Yeah, I mean, another opportunity here, since they have Fastlane at their disposal, is like they have Charlotte Asuka at Fastlane. Charlotte wins the title, and then we get the rematch of Charlotte versus Rhea at WrestleMania. And oh, there you Rhea go. It's a revenge, yeah. um, which I'd be totally down for. I would, um, we always have to account for Fastlane. That's like yeah. a, that's the Man, the pay per view that could change that's everything up. Terrible thing to to think about. Um, but yeah, it just feels like they've done some really. They've been piss poor with the management of the women's division on raw smackdown has been slightly better i think because just smackdown has a lot of talent Mm -hmm. um i feel like the raw women's division has been handled just as bad as like the aew women's division um and obviously nxt is just like head and shoulders above all of them yeah nxt is just fucking pushing women's talent to the moon it's great to see um so they just need to figure something out and get either alska Rhea together triple threat or do charlotte Rhea again for the title as a way to kind of fix the the mistake that they made last year. I know that Triple H had said like there's a long-term story plan here with Rhea and Charlotte after that that title change. So like maybe this is the plan and we were just like they've bamboozled us that like yeah. they knew that they were going to do Charlotte Rhea too the next year. I don't know, but I I I usually take trips at his word for stuff that he says. That's one where I I won't let go. There was no long-term plan. And look, I, I get, feel like they're falling into like long term, like they're fall, like they've like kind of stumbled into long term plans. Like if you think about like um, the WWE Championship, like I think it was like last year or like months ago, where like MVP had told Drew McIntyre like he's going to be involved in the WWE Championship, and now he's involved in the WWE Championship. Like I think they've just kind of fallen into these things like on accident. Well, yeah, I feel and, like it's just them kind of popping off at the mouth and being like, I'm just going to put it out there, you know? And if like, <laughs> if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, I look like a genius. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, but uh, to touch on that MVP point, he probably, like, they probably just gave him the mic and because they trust him. And they're like, hey, say whatever you want. And he kind of willed it into existence. Yeah. So props to him for that. That that's yeah. That's so incredible. There's a lot of work to be done on this on this WrestleMania road to WrestleMania. This is a two night event, and I feel like they have they have one match guaranteed right now, and the rest of them don't even have clear storylines. So yeah. like, there's a lot of work to be done between now, Fastlane, and WrestleMania. So we'll see what they what happens. But let's take a quick break and learn and, and hear from our sponsors, and then we got to talk about the big show. Jumping to another show. All right. We are back. And uh, it's now time to talk about not the big show show, but the big show's new show. He's not even the big show anymore. He is, uh, well, it's the Paul White, as uh, as the song probably <laughs> will now go. Uh, Paul White, formerly the big show in WWE, uh, announced, or it was announced that he is signing with AEW on a long-term deal, both as a commentator and an in-ring talent, that this just kind of fell out of the sky, man. It was uh, I, I, I didn't see this coming. Look, I, I don't think about the Big Show very much these days, um, and, and that's no shade. It's just you know it, his, his time has kind of come and gone, in, in in my opinion. And but this this is a way to kind of bring him back just into into the talking head space, if that makes sense, right? Like, this this is a big deal for AEW to get someone, literally, uh, of his stature with uh, to, to sign with them. Yeah, they got another guy that has history on TNT to return to TNT. Yeah. Um, and he is going to be hosting, or he's going to be 
uh, commentating the show, uh, AEW, I think it's Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, which is just like another YouTube show Mm -hmm. um, as a chance for them to put over young up-and-coming talent. So, I mean, that would be interesting to see. They do a lot of shit on YouTube, uh, almost too much, to be honest with you, because like I just don't find myself going to YouTube very often. Um, So it's interesting that they've kind of really leaned into it because you have AEW Dark, you have AEW, uh, you have uh, Being the Elite, now you have AEW Dark Elevation that are just YouTube exclusives. So um, it'd be interesting to see what where, where that goes. Um, I'd be it'd be awesome if I don't know if you remember this, but like when when he was the giant on on in WCW, there was a point in time where he'd come down in the ring like just blasting cigarettes, like just hammering them, and I'd be like. I'd be totally down if he played in that gimmick and just came down to the to the commentary booth with cigarettes in his mouth or like a vape. Like I think it'd be funny and it's kind of a rib to fans. Um, also, they need to put him on that Go Big show with Snoop Dogg and Cody Rhodes. Oh my this god! Makes I mean, sense. it just I, makes sense. I feel like that's going to happen. I feel like there's going to be a bunch of Shaq interactions. Like that. That just makes too much sense. Yeah, and I, I mean it's. The commentator thing is interesting because I never really thought of Big Show as like, oh, that's his the next phase of his career. Like, I think he's, I think he speaks well. Like when you hear him in interviews and whatnot, um, you know, the latest long form interview I've watched with him was him on um, Stone Cold Show, and uh, and he's great. But kind of being like a commentator, almost when you look at Samoa Joe for the work that he does like he's he's just kind of a natural at it and he's really good kind of like taz right these these former wrestlers who kind of move onto that side um so i mean i guess it's this is a, maybe a way of easing him into aew and beca- because like how are we like when they do that camera shot to shivani and paul white in the booth and Paul White is just nine feet taller than him sitting down. <laughs> like that's just, a, this is strange aesthetic, but Shivani's going to have to sit on like the Phil Jackson chair. Right. Thing with like six cushions on it. Or just he, to, like he's just going to have to stand while big show sits. <laughs> right. It, it's just going to be, and look as a short person, I, I empathize with that, but the, you know, they kind of put themselves in this position. So uh, I'm, and it's, it's on YouTube, like you said. So it's, it's not, you know, there's not too much pressure on him to succeed right away. I think throwing him into like the dynamite deep end would have been probably not good for uh, the start of his have, career. I mean, they have too many too many commentators and too many talking heads on dynamite. Anyways, like they yeah. three in the booth right now is a little bit too much, uh, and then they occasionally throw in like a, a wrestler or they throw in Taz, and it becomes way too much. And it's just like it's flooded with with different voices. They need to clean up their commentary booth in general, like. I love JR, but I think his time has passed. I think they need to give the reins to Excalibur and let him run with it. And I would even take Tony Schiavone off the off the commentary booth. Like, I think Schiavone would be great as a backstage um, person, somebody that conducts interviews and kind of helps tell stories in the back backstage. And then they can bring up another talent or somebody that they're just not us- utilizing as kind of like their um, color commentary commentator. Yeah. Um, Similar to what Samoa Joe does. I mean, Samoa Joe is even kind of they flood Samoa Joe with 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 the three person booth. Like I think the two person booth is the best option. I think that way you're not having too many voices. They can go back and forth and they can riff back and forth and they have a really good rapport. Like King and JR are like the gold standard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Aside aside um, from uh King, a lot of that stuff hasn't aged well. But like in the <laughs> yeah, it hasn't aged well, but like 
their run from 97 to 99 but or whatever it was like it was good it was very good it's unbeatable like they had a, just a perfect back and forth i think graves and cole are really good i think yeah. they've kind of come into their own yeah as much as i don't really like cole in the way that he always kind of leans on these specific um phrases like i always i i've always hated this and this is a bit of a tangent but like i've always hated it when like a wwe wrestler's like music hits and cole goes could it be yeah it's like no shit yeah we like, <laughs> we know that music mike <laughs> or like when Sasha comes out, he's like, "It's boss time." I'm like, I don't need to hear it's boss. He's time a he's a company man. He's a company man. He just wants to get over these t-shirt sales and these, uh, you know, these these sayings. So uh, yeah, no, but I'm with you. Him and I, I enjoy him and Graves' work uh, every every week. But yeah, I mean the the Paul White thing is once he actually returns to the ring, I like. I'm just questioning what his role is going to be, right? Is it going to be like a sting where he's just kind of alongside an up-and-comer to put them over? Or is he expecting like a TNT title run? I don't I don't know. I don't, think, I don't think that's the pop. I, I think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think what's what's been good with Sting is like yes, there he's in a he's in a feud with Taz's crew and, and he has Darby Allen, so he is kind of like taking up the TNT championship, but like at the same time I, I'm really happy they didn't throw him into a title picture. Yeah. So, similar to what like WWE is doing with Edge. Like they threw him into the main title picture. Like I think it would have been easy for them just like, you know what? We have Sting at our disposal. We're going to put him in a title run. Like we're, mm-hmm. we have to. So they've been, they've utilized him well there. I think for, for Paul White, I think the obvious choice is Shaq. You have him work with Shaq after Shaq works with Cody Rhodes. Not like, I don't think a lot of people are going to like it, but they never got the opportunity to actually have a match. Yeah, in WWE, and I think it'd be be a spectacle. Like that could be part of their first pay per view that they have when they when crowds return. Like that could be double or nothing. I mean, the amount that that would do for AEW because the amount of cross promo you could have on like inside the NBA, uh, exactly, and, and vice versa would be huge. It, it would be freaking monstrous, and it just kind of makes the most sense. Like not not many people make Shaq look like a small dude. And Paul White is one of those people, so yeah. I, I'm I'm all about that. Just from, and it, it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a long match, <laughs> given like where both of them are, and uh, the fact that Shaq is not an actual professional. But the again, just the look of it, the aesthetic, like you, putting that on on a graphic and on a poster, that that'll sell. That'll sell. Tickets. Yeah, like a three minute like spectacle match in the middle of a double or nothing. Yeah, Why not? I'm in, you know, I'm in as a way to get casuals in to potentially see more of the Bucks or see more of Kenny Omega or more John Moxley. I think it's a it's a really good way. Like, I think this is kind of this Cody match is just kind of like a, a measuring stick to see where Shaq is. And then they can move forward with that. Look at us. Fantasy booking Paul White versus Shaq in 2021. <laughs> what, a, what a time. What a way to come back. What a return yeah. for, for two jabronis. All right. With that, we're signing off. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, for hanging with us uh, while we went through a little bit of a hiatus there. And uh, we'll be back next week. We uh, Tune into our uh, – subscribe to the Patreon. Tune into our Rock and Talk Connection show. Uh, we'll actually be recording that a little bit later for tomorrow. But um, we haven't done that. We haven't. Oh, subscribe. We haven't done this in a while. Subscribe to the show uh, on Apple Podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment and follow us on Spotify so we can help us climb those Spotify charts. 
And please follow us on social at Tudor Bunnies Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy A. Loss. You can follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K. All right, everyone. Uh, as always, it's it's been great to be back. Jay, it was great to see you and talk to you again. Uh, in the meantime, everyone keep washing your hands. Uh, if you have to go outside, please wear a mask. And always and forever, Black Lives Matter. Yes, sir. All right, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Bye.